Before we hop in with our incredible guest here on the Championship Leadership Podcast, I wanted to talk a little bit real quick about my world class, Unleash the Leader Within Experience, a four-day experience that is built to give you momentum in life that will create the movement that will allow you to go out and accomplish goals and outcomes that you have felt like are mountains, like mountains that are almost impossible to overcome. Unleash the Leader Within, you go through this experience, all of the different modalities are strategically put in place to help you to become the person today that will allow you to become the person that you want to be tomorrow. All about creating a life that you love. And we do that in many different ways. We've had incredible results from hundreds of clients that have come through in the last four years that we've been running Unleash the Leader Within. And so if you want to create a new operating system for yourself, if you want to have a level of certainty that would have people respond to you at a much higher level as a leader, inside of your life and you want to go out and have results that like i said you thought at one point were insurmountable and you want to turn mountains into molehills inside of your life and create a life that is unrecognizable take what feels like the impossible and make it possible then go to www.natebailey.org forward slash ulw Let's go! In 05 and 06, I deployed to Kuwait. I used to wait every day for them to say, Nature going home. I missed my life, missed my wife. For 15 months, she was all alone. But when I got back, I felt out of control. Feeling entitled, I put my life on hold. I keep on drinking, so I'm sinking in a river of liquor. Me and my wife weren't all right. I didn't reconnect with it. I had a business, insurance agent, and rental properties. But is there something bigger than this? I know there's gotta be, so I invested in myself. I started seeing coaches. Life is a camera. I fixed the lens, and now I see in focus. Now my life's unrecognizable. From my life just a couple years ago. 17 plus years. And marriage has never been better than this And we got three kids, that's who I do it for I'm gonna be a leader I'ma lead the way Cause I'm a firm believer We can do anything we want I said it, then I meant it I probably already did it Consider it done Consider it done If you need some inspiration, you should play this Championship Leadership Podcast Hey, Bailey Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back. Championship Leadership Podcast. we got Kyle Newell here, the Panda Man out in New Jersey. How you doing, brother? Good, Nate. Thanks for having me, man. We've been trying to make something happen for a while, so this is going to be cool, man. I'm doing well. Yeah, absolutely. Excited. Um, yeah, we connected through Wes Watson, I don't know, some months back, I suppose. Um, but yeah, we've been trying to make this happen. Here we are. So uh, championship leadership's the name of the podcast. So I always hit people with this first and then we'll kind of get into whatever, but what, what comes to mind for you when you, when you hear championship leadership, what's that mean to you? It's a mindset, you know, it's a complete mindset, you know, champions do things differently. Uh, you know, leaders do things differently. Um, a lot of times they're the same, you know, synonymous. Sometimes they're not right. Sometimes leaders aren't playing for a championship when it comes to sports, but life is a game. You know, so you're, to me, you're always playing, you're always competing. 
you're always trying to keep scoring, get better against yourself. And I think of, uh, you know, the greatest leaders as far as sports, man, I think of MJ, Michael Jordan, you know, it's that killer mentality thing of Tom Brady. Yeah. Always respect to those type of guys. Are you a sports guy? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I know you're in you're in Jersey. Are you a Jets fan? Look, I was rooting for him. I'm not yeah. like a, I like the college ball a lot better. Okay. But a couple of my best friends are Jets fans, and they texted me last night. And I man, I said, "What a shame, dude! What a shame!" Seriously, I'm a huge <laughs> Packer fan. I grew up in Wisconsin, so obviously I've been following the Aaron Rodgers deal, and I love Aaron. I was wishing the best for him. I just, you know, it's like, man, that's <laughs> like the worst case outcome, right, but. I mean, it's they kind still of, yeah, they, yeah, they did, which, you know, I mean, says a lot to, to them as a team to, to persevere and come through with the win last night. But, uh, yeah, that's life too, right? <laughs> it doesn't always yeah. go as scripted. You never know, man. Yeah. Well, tell us, tell us a little bit about you and, and, and your story. I, I'm, 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 uh, itching to hear it too. So. Sure. So, man, I grew up. You know, we were born out in Michigan. I got three brothers, so there's four of us, no girls. Very close in age, all born between 80 and 85. So we had a competitive, you know, environment, all supportive of each other. We never really fought as, you know, as brothers growing up, but we always were competing in sports, always going to each other's games. Mm-hmm. Uh, all got into lifting roughly the same time, you know, and I kind of really took it deep with the lifting. We moved here to Jersey in the late 80s. I was about seven, seven years old. Moved in with my grandparents for a year. So there was eight of us, you know, me and my brothers, my parents, and them in a little ranch house. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. And then uh, as the years went on, man, I got really, you know, a transition from sports in high school kind of led me to lifting. And I fell in love with lifting to the point where that became a main passion. I gave up most sports. I played basketball still my senior year. Um. But I just loved it, man. Then I went to the University of Delaware, studied fitness management. Didn't really know what the heck I was going to do with that, but I knew I wanted to yeah. be in fitness, you know. So came out of there, got my internship with Rutgers Football Strength and Conditioning actually 20 years ago this past summer. Oh, wow. I reached out to JB, Jay Butler, uh, which the cool thing about Jay at the time, right, I was a young, young guy, 21 years old. So he was probably mid-30s at that point. And then over the years, we became – pretty good friends. He, he went down with Coach Chiano to coach, the, you know, when he took the Bucks job. Yeah. And he's down there for a while, but he'd come up every summer and we get to train for a week. And then when Chiano came back two years ago, maybe three years ago, Jay was his first hire. So Jay's there again, which is cool. Okay. Yeah. So we have a real good relationship. Learned a ton of stuff from Jay. But at the end of that first year, or the end of that summer, I was like, you know what? Don't think I want to do this exactly, be a college strength coach at that point. Uh, you know, but I, I still think it's a, a fascinating role. Yeah. Right? But it's something I was saying, I, this isn't for you right now. So I'm back to school for my health and phys ed certification. So I got that. I finished that up 2006, went to a local school in New Jersey, Kane University. And during that time, my first year of teaching, I started competing again in bodybuilding. I'd taken a few years off. And I started my business uh, at the end of that first year, which, you know, now it's Newell's Strength, my last name, at that business. Mm-hmm. It's private, private training facilities we have. And, you know, it just kind of grew, man. And the same thing. I'd always get these other opportunities that would pop up along the way. Like at the time, the high school, one year in, there's a big high school wanted me to take over 
as a strength coach. And I said, can't do it, man. I, I, you know, at the time I thought I wanted to, then it presented. I said, I've got my own business. I'm working on. I got to stay focused. Then I resigned in 2012, you know, built a business, opened a facility. And, uh, I, I resigned to do it full time. Now we have two locations. So I'm at the second location right now, as we're talking. Um, yeah, so it's been a, a pretty wild journey, man. And then, you know, got into fasting, all that type of stuff, you know, learned a lot bodybuilding coaches I've had, a lot of great coaches I've hired for myself. And, you know, so now here we are, man. Take a quick pause here inside of this incredible interview that you are listening to, to let you know about my 100 mile mindset audio book. If you would like a copy for free, you just have to send me a quick email at nate at coachnatebailey.com, or you could send me a private message. I'm all over the place on social media at Coach Nate Bailey Instagram. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on LinkedIn. You can find me on Twitter. You can even find me on the new social media app out there, Threads, through Instagram. But if you would like the free 100-mile mindset so you could create a 100-mile mindset for yourself based on my experiences, my lessons learned from being an ultramarathon runner, shoot me a message. I'll, I'll send it to you for free. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. yeah. You, you're married. You got some kids. How long have you been married? Yeah. yeah. So I've been married now, 2011. So we just had our 12 year anniversary. Went to Jamaica for that. We got three children. So we got uh, awesome. one of them is eight this weekend. So he's the older. So eight, we got a six year old boy and a four year old daughter. So eight, six, and four. How about you? Brother. Yeah. Uh, married 22 years. Just had our anniversary, actually, um, last weekend, uh, the eighth. So, yeah, so actually just not that long ago and uh, three kids, 15, 13 and 11. So a little bit, a little bit of you, but yeah, right. We're right there. We're right there. What's uh, so you were at Rutgers with with Shiano was a coach you said? Yeah. The first time. Yeah. And then they, they, uh, you know, it was right about when they were starting to become prominent. So I don't know if you remember, you follow, you follow couch football. Yeah. Yeah. At one year, man, they finished top 10. Uh, that was a little after. At that time, I was teaching, and I would go back and help them in the morning. Because yeah, I was still like, what do I want to do? You know, I, I yeah. didn't think being a phys ed teacher was the end game for me. And, and, and I'll tell you what, when I resigned, though, that was the hardest decision I ever had to make, you know, in my life. Because I loved the kids. It was great. But I was doing both at the same time, you know, running my business and all that. Yeah, she there then. Then he came back. I think three years ago, which everybody here was excited about, you know, um, and Jay, Jay's a phenomenal strength coach. He was actually a national strength coach of the year at the collegiate level way back. Oh, wow. So I'm from good. him, man. Presence. Yeah. Look at the kids when they come into Rutgers. Yeah. Uh, forms them, man. He packs the size on them. You know, and awesome. the, uh, the first two games, man, the first game um, against Northwestern, I think it was 110 on the field over here. And they didn't have any – he does a great job preparing him. So I learned a ton from Jay. That's incredible. Was Eric Legrand there when you were? Legrand was uh, a couple years after I interned, but he was there when I would go back and volunteer. Okay. So around that time, like Ray Rice, yeah. Yeah. Brian Leonard. Guys. Yeah. I had Eric on the show uh, a couple of years yeah. ago. Was a, I think it was actually right around COVID time. But, uh, yeah, good yeah. dude, man, quite the story. For sure. Uh, well, what's uh, where Panda Man? Why, why the Panda Man? I would, uh, I gotta hear the pack story on this. 
but a lot of people like that story. So if you see on my wrist, there's a panda right there. Okay. So after I resigned from teaching, um, it was like 2013, 14, in that range. I was a big fan of Ron Artest. Remember the basketball player? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like that. Old, oh, I played, man, tough, physical. I liked that style. And he was kind of more. So I was on his email list or something. And they, they sent an email out. Just randomly saw it. And it said, you know, I've changed my name to, at the time, like the panda's friend or friendly panda. I can't remember what it was. But I was like, oh, that's pretty cool, man. I said, let me support him. So I bought a shirt. And I bought one of his hats. You know, it's a different logo than mine. It's the one I have tattooed on me. Then okay. I started reading Older Panda. And it, it, you know, a lot of for a long time in Western, you know, the Western world, we thought it was a mythological creature like 150 years ago. The Easterners oh, were wow. talking. We'd never seen it in the wild and then discovered it. But I liked the, what it represented to me as far as symbology, black or white, and also a lot of people think it's this cuddly creature, but it will rip you to shreds. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I felt like that aligned with me. Like I'm very kind to everybody, but I'm very competitive. You know, I've got an internal drive um, that just keeps going, man. So I was like, I kind of, I kind of connect with that. So like two years, maybe a year and a half ago, I, I guess I'd gotten kicked off Instagram. I'm not sure. I think I know why I was doing stuff like chlorine dioxide and stuff. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah my account like it was no even i couldn't recover it really yeah it's gone Flat. dang no history of it so then i was trying to think i'm like well, where do i make my new account that's a panda man panda man kn panda man and because i've written a panda diet so i guess that's part of it too so okay 2019 my staff we were doing a fat loss contest they were doing it in conjunction side by side with just the clients and we had younger guys, right? And I said, man, I got to dive back in. So I started fasting in 2014. But in 2019, I got to dial it up here and try to catch these guys. Let me look into the longer form fasting. So I started researching that. That whole first summer, 2019, doing 72-hour fast every week, one meal a day after that. I was like, man, this is freaking awesome. So I knew, I was like, I'm on to something here. How do I teach this to people? It sounds so extreme. Yeah. So... December, right before COVID, we actually went to a holiday party up in Hoboken, which is near New York City. Came back from that, and like that Monday or something, dude. So after the weekend, I'm like, Man, I don't feel something feel wrong with me. Now it could have been an early case of COVID, whatever. You know, all this sure. shenanigans. Who knows? But I was like, I wanted to become extremely sick. So my wife said, "You gotta go. You gotta go to the doctor." Because I would be like, like convulsing on the floor. We had a new, Emma was a newborn. So they tested me and said, you got flu B. So this is a couple months before COVID, right? So you yeah, got yeah. the flu. I don't know if I ever had the flu before that. Like, I didn't know how serious it was. Yeah. But she said, you're staying in the bedroom. So I was in the bedroom for like three days, pretty much. I had my notebook. And I said, okay, let me just, I was in this state of delirium. I'm like, let me, yeah. I'm going to write my book and create this program. What am I going to call it? So I said, oh, the panda died. Right, because I yeah, kind of just <laughs> have it. And then uh, when I had to restart my Instagram about a year and a half ago, uh, when I wasn't that active on it, it was uh, that was what we came up with the Panda Man. And then my video guy said, "We're gonna make you a new one. It's the Panda Man official." So that's kind of where it came from, you know. Okay. Ron Artest. Great story. Yeah, Meta World Peace wasn't that uh, what he changed his name to? 
it was Metal World Peace, man. He's been like so many things, man. He <laughs> yeah, he's awesome though. I love it. Yeah, uh, that's a great story, man. And I don't like you look like a panda. Like yeah. <laughs> no, it's just because yeah. you talk about it all the time. When you get the beard, so if you're not watching this, maybe you watch the video. But you got the white, white beard. <laughs> friends like we're third and I'm like, that's good, man. I love it, man. <laughs> oh, it's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah. I was, you got me thinking like, man, I, I need a cool nickname like the panda. <laughs> into, Maybe. And then once I get to around, I'll get, I'll get you one, man. Hey, they just right. pop it. Yeah. Pop it. I love it. My brothers and all my good friends here that I grew up with, they call me Meat. And, you know, short for Meathead. Yeah. You yeah. know, so my dad. So but I love nicknames, man. Oh, me too. Me too. Uh, it's awesome. What's uh, let's talk. I, I saw you, you, you do a great job with the videos and uh, you've blown your Instagram up, uh, especially having to start over like a year and a half ago. And I know we, t we connected and maybe you were like, I don't know. I think I, when I first saw you, you were maybe around 2000 or 3000, but yeah. I know it's blown up quite a bit since then. Right. So you've just been yeah. doing a great job putting some value out in the content that you put out and deliver. Uh, and you've been consistent with it, obviously. Yeah. Um, been the journey, huh? It's been, man. It's like, so when we went to Jamaica in mid-May, you know, so as you said, you and I kind of met through West. And, you know, the personal brand thing is like a full-time business. So yeah. we're going to Jamaica, and I'm like, oh, man, this ain't working. Like, you know, I, lo I love the, the branding aspect. I've wanted to do my personal brand for a long time. But we're going to the airport. And I was just like, well, what's the rush? There's no rush with this, right? That just when you start getting down, well, I'm not seeing the results, blah, blah, blah. On the way to the airport, two guys reach out. You know, I already had some clients from it at that point. But I said, hey, I'm ready to sign up. And I'm like, okay, that's cool, man. Go to Jamaica. And being in a different environment, I was really tapped into, like, my spirit, my spirit and, and just, you know, praying. And, and all of a sudden, one of the videos, and I don't think it was a coincidence, just starts catching fire, dude. And people are like, sharing it like crazy so we got to jamaica i had less than five thousand followers in mid-may yeah but at home from jamaica i had twenty five thousand. Yeah, and, and it was just like going crazy dude and i was having these yeah. visions so vivid of like this is what it is and i that's when it had the most explosive growth now wow. if you and so i tell my guys i'm like listen we already got we don't we have enough followers like it's yeah you want to get more but do we need them Right. Because after I did a video about the election with Trump, I think I got shadow banned. So now I have, I've been sitting at like 90,000 for like or probably over a month. And I'm like, whatever. Okay. I don't talk yeah. about what I you know, do all that stuff. <clears throat> so it's kind of been stuck there, but it's like, whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So you just recently did one about Trump and the election? Well, I did one about the election that I mentioned Trump in it, and people went nuts over it, dude. And the video was really about my prediction that there's not going to be a 24 election. Okay. I still, but I said, if there was, I was going to vote for Trump and I would vote for RFK Jr. as his running mate. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. You know, I just hit the establishment, man. Yeah, yeah. I hear you, brother. Yeah, I'm there with you for sure. People were, you know, people got all bent out of shape. And we'll get, again, whatever. That's what you got to do as a brand. You speak your mind. But since then, man, it's, it's, it's just, Flatline, like we get new people, but you get people falling off, right? So, I think, I think we yeah. probably got shadow banned where people aren't seeing it as much yeah, stuff, sure. But well, that, it's, it's, and you know, building your brand, I mean, I think you can't that's what you want. You don't want just everybody 
following no. you, right? You want the people, your people that that resonate with you to to follow you, right? Like the that, people that would work with you. Thousand percent, man. You got to you got to speak your truth, man, and put it out there. You know, so we've been doing more stuff about other stuff that I'm interested in, like Bigfoot. And- Dude, oh, we're talking about that. <laughs> I saw that. First off, though, like you talked about, uh, I think I've I've heard you talk a little bit about your your faith, maybe recently. Yeah, is yep. that right? Yep. So t- yep. talk to us about that a little bit. Yeah, man. So I grew up going to church, right? We grew up Catholic, uh, but it was always boring. You know, it was yeah. boring. And I've always known that there's God. You know, God exists, and you know, there's a relationship. But then around uh, that crazy initial period of COVID, my grandfather, I like, he was murdered, in my opinion. They, my mom, right, right right after that Christmas, so right after I had this flu, right? No, this is the year after, excuse me. Um, he called me today and he said, Kyle, I'm not feeling well, but I said, Pa, do not go to the hospital. Don't go. Yeah. Get on some zinc, D3. Let's get some salt in your system. Anyway, my mom takes him. It never came out, dude. They put him on the respirator. And he was strong as an ox, old Italian yeah. mason. And when it was around that time, like me and my family never even got so much as tested for this stuff, right? Like yeah. I just did not narrative. But we all came down with something. Again, could be COVID, who knows? But it affected my brain like it's for like two weeks, dude. I was in this funk, like, and it's not like me. Like my wife was worried, like, dude, I was like a zombie. Not like not nothing lungs or nothing. Then I was like, man, I need God. I was like, I need to tap. And I, I dabbled with the Bible in the past. And uh, I said, I need it. I need God. I said, I can't get through this. You know, I can't, you know, because at that time, too, I thought I had to save the world from this. Well, yeah. I said, you can't save the world from this. Like, yeah. you got to. So I started reading the Bible. So I started, I, read, I had a book about uh, of Proverbs, and a book of Psalms. It was just a separate standalone book, and the God broke it down. Okay. I started with doing the one-year Bible, and and I did that. And now uh, I've got a couple of different text groups I'm in where we, you know, one group we're doing the, the book of Psalms right now. The other one, one of my clients, we're doing, uh, we just started the book of Matthew. So we send a text out every morning with the verse and what our takeaway is. And, you know, I've been really big into making sure I'm doing my daily prayer and uh, just connecting, man. And, you know, a lot of my mentors have always told me, one in particular, he's like, if you try to do this on your own, you, you just, there's a limit to what you can do. You know, and this guy is super successful, man. But yeah. it's so easy to think you can do it on your own. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's, oh, like, I love it, man. it's like my piece. Yeah, that's great. I he's uh similar journey for me, I think, to you. So for sure. It's been yeah, something right? yeah. I've always I don't know. I've never felt like uh yeah, it's been one that I probably just really res- resisted for a long time and Kind of felt like, yeah, there was always a God, and, but just never really completely dove in or submitted, I guess you'd say, or really, uh, and and here recently in the last year, for sure, last couple of years, it's uh, been on, it's been the journey for sure. So yeah, uh, for me, right. but uh, you know, I just, I saw, I don't know which, how much you know about Bernie Man, but I just saw that and I don't, I didn't even pay attention fully to what happened, but it seems like they got like rained out and like you know i don't know a ton about burning man but it feels like it's a little bit opposite of of christ and and god and uh it just yeah i don't, I don't know i just started i've heard about it in the past and then you know, i was just listening to a couple of interviews about it there's one dude i follow and 
I know it's, you know, I, I'm big into, you know, uh, psychedelic trips. You know, I think it's, it's a powerful thing. So now when I do those, I sit out there with my Bible, you know, and I turn to God when I need answers and that, and I just kind of let him communicate with me. But with Burning Man, um, I don't know the, the backstory fully behind, you know, the, the origins of it, but I know yeah. with what happened there, the one guy was there that, this guy I listened to was interviewing. He said, listen, he goes, it was way overblown. It wasn't that bad as far as the floods. He goes, oh, really? Really a distraction for pushing the agenda, right, with global warming and distracting from what the hell went on in Hawaii, right? Like, yeah, yeah. get attention off of that. To the guy that was there, he's like, it really wasn't that bad. He's like, it was way, yeah, this big thing. Yeah. Yeah, I just saw a few people that I must follow somehow on Face or on Instagram you know, videos and, and some things about how they all were like rushing out of there. I, I didn't pay too close attention to it, but I was like, huh, that's interesting. But yeah, Hawaii, that, crazy. What, what's, uh, <laughs> is that not the weirdest thing ever? Uh, yeah, I don't, I know one thing, whatever the official narrative is, is not that. Right? Yeah. And I, and I study all this stuff, man, because I just find it fascinating. I like to, you know, know what the hell is actually going on. Um, cause I don't know, like it, if I got to send you a link, man, back with COVID, I was one of the few gyms in the world that, that opened up, you know, despite the government, like I did it publicly, we were on the news, all the news stations, all that. Cause I knew from my gut, yeah. I was like, this, this is something right with this stuff. Right. And then I started really getting into the studying this and I, I've always been a challenger, but, um, yeah, with Hawaii, man, if you even look at the temperatures, right. To melt the, the metal on cars, it has to be between like 12, 1200 1400 degrees and a wildfire will burn at 1100 degrees yeah. right so it's an actual thing that happened people don't even know they have these direct energy weapons and you look at oprah all these celebrities their houses weren't touched yeah right yeah i heard that yeah yeah you had trees burning yeah. from the end that doesn't that yeah. happens so hot that the sap catches right and it can't happen through a regular forest fire a wildfire so and then they built they built a bunch of walls and fences around like the burned area and weren't letting people in. Just it all sounds very suspect. Very suspect, man. You know, and that's they've been wanting to turn that into a smart city for a while. They've been wanting to get the natives out of there. Um, so it's I think it's pure evil, man. What's going on? Yeah, crazy. And that's sure. how I think this is. I think you have a war on multiple fronts. So you have you have World War Three, which was I told my wife when COVID started. I said this is the beginning of World War Three. And it, it, the media has everybody confused. So yeah, it's not a regular war, though. But you also have a spiritual war. I think it's a bigger picture going on with everything going on in society, stuff like that. That's, you know, furthermore, the reason to connect with your faith right now. Yeah, yeah. So psychedelics, he, you mentioned that. I did ayahuasca back in January. Oh. Have, you, nice. have you done ayahuasca? Ayahuasca, yeah. Where'd you go? You went, out, you went away for it? I went to Costa Rica. I went to this place called Rhythmia. Dude, tell me about that. Oh. Uh, brutal. <laughs> we did four nights in a row um, and it was the first night I thought my life was like over the stuff that I was like I don't know I guess what I was seeing or felt like it was showing me like literally was tearing my life apart like as as I knew it right <clears throat> or at least that's kind of how I felt in the moment I saw a really crazy cool and now I even kind of question it because they're in this maloka they want you to stay inside the whole time i think because of the sage and everything else that keeps you like the medicine works supposed to work better but 
it gets a little overwhelming sometimes you go outside people will go outside and it's crazy because people are walking around like zombies people are curled up on the ground like there was like 95 people with us it was way too many people <laughs> but i didn't know anything i didn't know like what i didn't know so i just went and and uh the first night crippled me i thought my life was <laughs> like we started at five i didn't go back to my room till like four thirty. i was one of the last people to leave and they they sent people home at like 12 30 or one and I didn't get out of there until like 4.30, could barely get back on my own to my room. <clears throat> I just thought, like like I said, my world was over. And I, I was able to get through that and got through the rest. And it got be- progressively a little bit better each each night. The last two nights were beautiful. First two were dark, super dark. And uh, still, I'm not sure where I'm at with ayahuasca. I don't know that I'll ever go back. I, I, it felt, for me, it felt really like evil. Is that right? Like dark. Yeah. And I know that's not how it feels for everybody, but um, I don't know. Yeah. The, the, the last two nights were much, much better. And, and actually the third night was pretty amazing. It was like a, a they called feminine night. Uh, just the, the, the type of ayahuasca that they gave us opened up more of the feminine side. So uh, I was like super happy. Women were obviously like, feeling really well and dancing and some of them are like orgasming on, by the, on their own, like in on their beds. And I was just sitting there just like next to a, f- a couple of friends that I was there with and just really happy and peaceful. So that night was beautiful. The third night or the fourth night was kind of the same. Uh, it was a little bit more ceremonial towards the end and they brought us into the day and uh, that was cool. But again, still, I'm, I'm not sure <laughs> one way or the other where I'm at with ayahuasca. I want to do it, man. Like, what was your takeaway? Like, did you, like, was there a big thing you tried to implant into your life after that? There wasn't anything like life altering for me. Some people, you know, go there to get like certain diseases cured. And and some people have miracles of like chronic back pain and don't have that anymore. Or some people have what they call surgery, right? Like the ayahuasca, like, performs an actual like kind of surgery on them and their body that they almost experience like you know so there's all different ways that they've explained to you throughout the experience of what could happen and you know different types of experiences that you can have i didn't really have any of that other than i guess the one big main message that it felt like continued to come to me which you know most people would probably say well you don't really need to go to a four-day or as a week-long ayahuasca retreat to get this but just like to just to really focus in on my family and like, you know, spend time with the people that matter most to you, you know, type deal. It's like, cause I got three kids, right. And they're, and they're getting close to, you know, they'll be out of the home before we know it. Um, So I guess that was the biggest thing. You know, I didn't, I, I drank not a ton, but more than I needed to. And I've definitely, I've definitely curbed that like, a ton since then. Sure. I think it's helped with that a bit. Although going into it, I was already kind of leaning that way. <laughs> um, so yeah, nothing that I can say that was like, and there are some people that you could ask and be like, yeah, this changed my life. This saved my life and didn't necessarily happen for me. And then, like I said, it was very dark those first two nights, like very, very dark, like evil spirits and like people literally purging like demons around you and just crazy stuff um and that was pretty much those first two nights that's kind of everybody's experience not everybody but you know when you're in the room with like one dude like literally <laughs> one dude, he was big as a bodybuilder and he online coach too good dude 
but huge, like my height, I'm six two, he's or six three, he's probably six two, six three, but just yoked. And uh he took off on a sprint and down and jumped out the window. <laughs> Luckily the window was open. Like in his mind, God was calling him to like to his like toddler self to j- come to him. So he literally and he jumps over this this woman that's had like a ton of male trauma in her life. So that traumatized her even more traumatized a lot of the other women in because he was this big dude that so they all of a sudden didn't feel safe right which understandably so for him you know it didn't ruin his experience like you know in his mind it was almost more of a beautiful experience i guess but it was a crazy weird experience and that on top of like some people got put in straight jackets because you know crazy stuff dude crazy crazy now so you remember everything from when you did it like are you yeah, for the most part, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't go there any again because it's too many people. Like you know, I was thinking we'll be in the middle of a jungle. Like you know, there'll be like ten ten of us, and we're gonna have this cool little ceremony. Maybe we'll do a couple nights, right? Like if I were to do it again, I would do one or two nights, and I would I would want to do it with a much smaller group. And I would almost yeah, I would kind of want to do it out in the middle of the jungle somewhere. Um, what was it that like? A re- this was like a resort, like. I mean, big names come through this. There was a big time actor there while we were there. There's big time artists and actors and musicians that come through all the time. Um, you ever heard of Dr. Beckwith, Michael Beckwith? Yeah. yeah so he was there. He was there like he taught and he was there with his family. He, I did ayahuasca with him. So I guess that was cool. I, didn't, I wasn't super familiar with him. Um, He's in the secret. But- I remember yeah 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 he's in the secret yep and he's got some kind of a church out in la or somewhere that you know is very popular um so yeah so i mean there was some cool things to it but yeah it was a resort uh like the food was amazing it was all like farm to table uh they did a lot of classes in between so there's kind of like a curriculum with it too which was very cool um we did a few class uh no like uh what is that where they clear your colon? Colonoscopy, coloscopy, I think. Coloscopy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Colonic, colonic. They call colonic. it, yeah, colonic. So did did that, like, a, you know, I mean, they did a lot of things to help refresh us, but the ayahuasca kind of really beats you down for four days. Okay, and, uh, Yeah. So what did, what did your wife think about it, like, that you were going? She didn't really know much about it, I don't think. So she was just kind of like, okay. <laughs> um and i didn't either to be honest like i kind of did but i i thought maybe i did you know all the all i heard was like aaron Rodgers, and you know i'd hear people on joe rogan talk about it and they would talk about how it like really changed your life and so that's all i really knew and i was like yeah why would i not want to do that right like i want to go do that i think i kind of came in maybe like my dad was never around right he left when i was young and i always wondered how much of an impact that's played on me and i've always kind of discredited maybe the impact that it has played so i was kind of going in maybe you know helping to heal some of that trauma if there was any and any other childhood traumas that were probably there that i wasn't aware of to help you know clear that from my life a little bit so and it was I, that your I, first like experience what's that was that your first psychedelic experience yeah i mean i did some mushrooms and college right like more partying um so i wouldn't really call those i guess it was a psychedelic experience for sure but 
not one for like healing or anything like that like not with the right intentions i would say um so that was about it i've done some breath well, that was they, they introduced me to breath work out there which again had no idea what that was that was amazing that yeah. was incredibly amazing uh that might have been a highlight for me actually the breath work the first night that was awesome want to do more of that um and i've been interested in like some ketamine i've, I've had some friends that have done some ketamine and and really had some pretty incredible experiences with that uh psilocybin too but you know i haven't yeah. really done anything else other than ayahuasca i just kind of jumped to ayahuasca right i don't know if that's the right path either <laughs> yeah yeah, but yeah what about yourself what have you what have you been uh, doing so the first one i did was that covid year right after we opened with the gym we had all the hoopla man very emotionally draining those couple of weeks but um, yeah I, it, you know so my wife took the boys kayak and my mom took emma she's still a baby and my, my buddy came over we did like two full handfuls man so like an eighth is like a small amount so that's like yeah. a trip so we did a lot done a lot of this stuff so he said after the fact he said you know that was like an acid trip man but same yeah. thing man the first you know the visuals were crazy but i went into a bad spot man and it was kind of like what you're saying i i had this vision that i was home but my family was on the flip side like i couldn't get back to them like they're on yeah. another dimension yeah and i just felt stuck dude it was time was going so slow yeah and the message i took away was you have everything you need right here pay attention like don't take them for mm. granted mm -hmm. yeah i've done i've done about four or five big trips since i'm with psilocybin it's all been a good experience man great okay. experience yeah yeah that's, that's why i sit there now with my bible after that yeah. first time I know if my mind if i feel it start shifting i just open the bible and i'm at peace wow. i know god's i don't let like, the negative thought get into my yeah. head I'd be willing to do definitely do that. Uh, I am yeah. interested in that um, for sure. Um, one of the, one of the visions I had was uh, it was they were trying to round us up and get us inside, and I was like not wanting to move. So I kind of found myself outside. And it was a super crystal clear night all night. And when you're you know in ayahuasca, everything's very your senses are heightened. Like my hearing, it was crazy. Like you could literally hear somebody whispering a conversation like a hundred feet away. It was kind of trippy. I was like, Whoa. And then like music was like the music they played the whole time. That was amazing. Just super amazing. They had like a live band the whole time. It was crazy. Uh, that was cool. Um, but yeah, so I'm sitting outside and I'm getting up. I'm trying to get myself up to get inside. Like literally had to almost crawl inside and, uh, and I'm on the ground. I look up and like I said, it was like, there were not a cloud. There wasn't a cloud in sight. And then all of a sudden there's these clouds up in front of me. And, uh, but it was like a picture. It was like this, like this wolf, like no shit, like this wolf in a cloud, like almost like just kind of blocky, but like with its fangs and it, but and it had his ears, but it was a wolf. And then there's these, just this clump of clouds, but they're like kind of rolling. They looked like sheep, right? Like they, that's the, I was like, man, there's some sheep in it. And then I see the, the wolf. And then right behind it is a, a claw, just like this, like right behind the wolf's neck. I'm like what the hell like so i'm like that's either god or that's like me like as like the uh sheepdog or something you know i don't know so that i was like but it was like and there was no other clouds around it was just these clouds right there like almost just for me right <laughs> and i'm looking yeah. i'm like 
is this real? You don't have your phone or anything because they, you know, they don't want you to have your phone out or you to be on your phone. Uh, I wish I'm like, man, did I see that? But like, I'm pretty sure I saw it. (laughs) So that was, didn't know exactly what to do with it, but it was just very vivid, very vivid. Yeah. You definitely uh, into, you know, different way to communicate, you know, with God, you see stuff that might be there all the time, but we just don't see it. Right. Yeah, so right. that was that was the best part of night one was was that. Um but yeah, it was it was an intense trip for sure. I know we're already man, I can't believe like time. I feel like we just started and we're already at the end of our time here. I gotta get you out to your your client. So I think we need to do a part two, brother, if you're up for it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, man. Yeah, we yeah. could we could for a lot longer, man. Yeah, there, yeah. Too, man. Well well, let's do that. We'll plan on it. We'll we'll uh we'll cut it here. And we'll pick back up uh, next time we can get you in. Yeah, for sure, bro. Sounds good, Nate. All right, brother. I uh, enjoyed this time and, and look forward to part two. Yeah, likewise, bro. No doubt you enjoyed that incredible episode of the Championship Leadership Podcast, as always. And this is, again, just a, a gentle nudge and reminder to go check us out at natebailey.org forward slash ULW if you want to transform your life to one that you love to go out and accomplish things in your life that you've been thinking and dreaming about and and just have maybe felt that it wasn't even possible at some point if that is you and you want to take your life to the next level go again natebailey.org forward slash uow let's have a conversation and let's change your life for the better let's go In 05 and 06, I deployed to Kuwait I used to wait every day for them to say Nature going home I missed my life, missed my wife For 15 months she was all alone But when I got back I felt out of control Feeling entitled, I put my life on hold I keep on drinking so I'm sinking in a river of liquor Me and my wife weren't alright, I didn't reconnect with it I had a business, insurance agent, and rental properties But is there something bigger than this? I know there's gotta be so I Invested in myself, I started seeing coaches Life is a camera, I fixed the lens and now I see in focus Now my life's unrecognizable From my life just a couple years ago 17 plus years of marriage, it's never been better than this and we got three kids, that's who I do it for I'm gonna be a leader I'ma lead the way Cause I'm a firm believer We can do anything we want If I said it then I meant it I probably already did it Consider it Consider it If you need some inspiration you should play this Championship Leadership Podcast Hey Bailey Hey, Bailey.